Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Brianna on from Talent Perch. And we'll be learning about the business case, so the use case for Talent Perch. Brianna, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Talent Perch? Sure. Thanks, William. Yeah, sure. I am uh, Brianna Rooney from Talent Perch. Also have the YouTube Millionaire Recruiter. And uh, Talent Perch is essentially just your on-demand strategic uh, recruiting solution for everything. But what we really want to focus on is sustainability, because I think that is a massive topic right now that if you want to get into, we can get into. But um, we offer both sides. We offer like an embedded staff augmentation approach or also a contingency approach. And we can also build TA from scratch. So we want to just move with the client. Oh, I love that. Any particular industries or roles that y'all fill that are kind of niche or anything like that? Yeah, I've, I've lived in sexy tech for the last 15 years, which I deem the Bay Area, by the way. Oof, right, my own right, thing. right, right. Yeah, all VC back stuff. I love Series A, Series B, because you get to really be strategic there and have, I think, a lot more fun when there, people aren't just numbers at that point. And yeah, we've been doing that for a while. And then most recently, we've been living in like the exec world, which is super interesting and it moves a little bit different. Yes, it does. It's it's interesting. We'll get to that in a second. With the VC-backed, where do you see, I guess at this point, founders make mistakes when it comes to talent acquisition? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. how, how long do you have, William? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, in alphabetical the, order. <laughs> oh, my Oh my God. Um, so I think there's so many issues. One, we still don't care to understand it, I think, which right. is a problem. You get really lucky sometimes when they start to build with DEIB at the beginning, because that's its own separate issue. But I would say they don't align what needs to be done. Meaning, do we need this person full-time or do we need, could we outsource this? Like how long do we need this person? And I think generally people think if we want something done faster, we'll just hire more people. And I think it's the complete opposite. I think leaner teams do more things. Yeah, and it's, I think, along with not really understanding talent acquisition, they don't understand the role uh, that HR and TA play. Like, oh. it's, it's obvious to me, especially with some of the, the downturn stuff that we've had in the last couple of years, it's like people gutting their TA teams. I'm like, this is the perfect time to actually fix things. I know. This, is, this isn't the moment to gut. This is the moment to go and figure out, reconfigure your tools, your process. This is actually the time to have your team because they can't do it when the car's moving. I know. And, and people try to do it. And it's like it, things fall all over the place. I actually spoke to someone who went from what well, he was a team of one in TA and then went to 13 and now he's back to one. I was like, oh my gosh, that's, I, talk me through this. And he's yeah, I now do headcount and I'm yeah. like an HRVP. I do org development, capacity planning. <laughs> oh yeah. I do oh, yeah. job descriptions. I'm like, oh my God. Can you imagine how difficult to be successful at that job? Some of it's, you never have the same day twice. Okay. That's, right. I could see that being an upside, but, but also it's, it's never done. Like you, like at least with recruiting, when you fill a position, it, it, it is done for that day. At least it's, there's a moment of completion, right? In that job, there's no moment. It's just you're going from one fire. Really, you should have a fireman's hat 
put together because you're going from one fire to the next fire to the next fire. And Not never... to mention keeping, we're brand ambassadors, we're project managers. Oh yeah, good point. Oh yeah. And they keep adding to the list. Oh, by the way, I... you got to make sure our culture works. Oh, okay, great. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, our retention's really crappy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just laid off 10,000 people. So I think morale's going to be down for a, a week or two and then we'll come back to that. So you, you said something about executive search being a little bit different kind of animal. Uh, yeah. I, I've obviously you've done this for a long time. You knew that already, but what what shocked you about it being different? Actually, I think it's a trend right now. I'm curious if, if you see it or other people on your podcast see it, but I think there was a time where we didn't see a lot of exec roles posted. Right. And I we have just been seeing a slew of them lately, which is really interesting. And then to see 100 plus applicants on these roles is like wild. So I don't think that, I think just applicants in general, like I, I talked to one company that was like, our application rate went up 200%. I'm like, okay, that's not sustainable. Yeah. You can't look through all those people, right? No, no, no. They think that's a good thing. So volume was a good thing a long time ago. Not now. Yeah. You don't want those thousand people to apply to your, your job opening. Yeah, definitely not now. And so it's wild to then see like companies be like, oh my God, we post an exec role and it was like the biggest mistake ever because that's the stuff that like you do really have to be very, uh, I hate to use the word strategic all the time, but I guess intentional. Right. So I would say what's interesting is that a lot of the top isn't agreeing with who they need in these spots. So I've been very careful to take on roles that honestly haven't been open for a little while. So I'm sorry, that have been open for a while. So meaning right. like they've already got it wrong and now right. they're ready to get it right. So I've been really careful with that. Like I don't really want to take on new C-suite roles unless they've been there, done that before. Do you have to do the, because executive search for years, headhunting for years was done in the shadows. Yeah. It was, it was done with, I'll just say, mostly men, mostly white, mostly country club and golf courses and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just like clandestine. I remember my dad in the 70s telling me about, yeah, his headhunter took me out. And when he said headhunter, of course, I'm like, headhunter? He collects heads? What the hell is, <laughs> no, he's, he's a recruiter. He's a recruiter. Yeah, exactly. He just came out of the Amazon. He has all these heads collected around his neck. But he... Literally, he, he said, no, he's just, he's a recruiter. He's just trying to help you find a, a new job and this, that, and the other. He's got a bunch of different opportunities. And I'm like, but it was so clandestine mm. to hear you actually talk. Yeah, no, people are using Indeed, which yeah. is interesting in and of itself because you're putting it out there in front of a much larger audience, but that's going to attract a lot more people that are just applying to a thousand jobs in, this, in a day type stuff. Yeah. It's very interesting. So I love when they're like, okay, now we're ready for a firm. And then we'll love your take on this is I'm not really big into retain searches. For me, I, I love contingency. And I know that on paper, on the PL, retain is the way better way. I love contingency because I get to spread my wings and do my thing. That's how you came up too. It's like you didn't come up with this, the luxury of retained. I think retained is closer to corporate in the sense of, hey, it will happen or it won't happen, we still get a check. Whereas, and again, that's built for a lot of people, that's fine. But for people that like to, like I have a friend here in Dallas who started with Aerotech and then built his own firm, sold it, et cetera. Like he likes the hunt. Like he, like having a check every month, uh, eh, he wants the hunt, he wants to find a person, he wants to do the placement and he wants to get the fee. Mm-hmm. Because there's something in that, that that whole full circle that, that really is the juice. 
I, I think it's really motivating. And I think then you care a lot more about who you find. Right. And like the conversations can be a lot richer. And I don't know, I tend like people look on the outside and be like, oh, contingency, it's just transactional. But I actually think it can get really like intimate. Um, yeah. I love it. Hey, it doesn't have to be transactional. No. It, it, it can be. If that's their desire, then that's probably not a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. If they're basically putting it out with five or six different people and it's all contingent. So that's okay. But at the same time, it's you, know, you don't mind competition, but at the same time, you want to have a relationship with the people. Mm-hmm. I, now, you mentioned people that have, that, that have had the job open for a while are a little bit more, maybe they're at the place where they finally get it that the 1,200 resumes isn't a good idea, et cetera. What do you what do you coach them to? Is it reformatting and re rethinking what the job is or what they want out of the job? Um, I think it's more of what they want want out of the job. Like what like what do they want this person to accomplish? And they all have to agree. And I think that's that tends to be the problem is that maybe the higher up doesn't agree with the person that this person's reporting to. So there's just things that are broken. And I think that when a company can talk to me about, hey, this is what this person's going to accomplish in 90, 90 days to a year. This is what we need. This is the, then that like, I like light up. I'm like, oh, yay. Okay. So you get it. And then also I even love when they narrow it down for me or it's like, Hey, I want people from this industry because it translates because of this reason. That's the good stuff for me. And I think you have to get it wrong first in order to fully figure that out. (laughs) There's there's some marriage (laughs) advice in there for everyone that's listening. Just (laughs) FYI. The accomplished deal, which what I liked that is really it's agreement, permission and agreement, getting all the, whomever the team is involved and then saying, okay, let's take the job description as it's currently and put it off to the side. What do they need to accomplish? And then they then batter, they batter around the 15 different things that they have to accomplish. They go, okay, that sounds reasonable. What are the three things they have to do? Mm-hmm. And getting them to agree, I can, first of all, I can see that as fun, but how do you get their time? How do you get them to agree to give you 30 minutes, an hour, or whatever? Or, or are you doing this on site? Like, how do you get, how do you get them in the room and, and to agree? I could get the agreement part. Because yeah. basically, I, I hear what you're saying, Helen. Ted, I hear what you're saying. Now, what if we said, like, pulling them together? Like, I get that part. But I also see these people being really busy and not wanting to necessarily help. Yeah. So I like to ask them, like, what happens and what doesn't get done if we can't do this? Uh-huh. We can't hire this person. What oh, deadlines nice. do you miss? What projects do you have to let go? Are teammates upset because they're overworked? What communication fails? Like stuff like that. I keep, I always go back to the business line here, like the ROI. Like what happens when this person doesn't enter your company in three months? It's, yeah. Do you and, find- and I think they understand. And it's, I don't want to waste their time. And so I, I think I do a really good job and I make sure that my employees do a good job with this isn't that moment to think, oh, thank you so much for meeting with me. No, this is this goes both ways. We're yeah. super busy. You're super busy. I don't want to sit here and go back and forth. I just want to figure out how we're going to make this work. Once you've got the agreement, their agreement on what the position is, what's your next step? What do you do after that? So I like to go over it again. Here's we what go. we all agreed to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good. Yeah. 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 Actually, I'm really transparent in this part, whereas I have what I call a a client pitch, phone pitch, whatever you want to call it, where I have all of this information, everything that we agreed to, everything they're hiring, the salary, the equity, like anything and everything that they want. And I actually share it with them. 
So right. I'm like, hey, great. These are the notes I took. Here's what my team knows. Here's what candidate experience wise we're doing. Here's here's the interview process you've already committed to. If anything's wrong, you got to let me know now because this is it's going to go south. Every time we change things, like it's going to take more and more time and it's no one's happy about that. And then we got to have another meeting. <laughs> and everyone, no one wants that. No, one wants, a, wants no that. one wants another meeting. Is there certain positions that, that y'all thrive in right now? Yeah. So I would say we're seeing a lot of senior and staff level roles, like the tippity top ICs, essentially. Uh, I, I love that stuff. I think that's really fun. I love that path as opposed to managers. I think we're seeing less managers, less leader roles. Because I think, again, it's like we let all these people go. Now we need to pick projects back up again. So then I'm sure then they'll go back into hiring managers and it will be this, <laughs> be this oh, yeah. system. But yeah, I, I would say staff level engineering, AI, of course, is mega. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's divested of, of some of the bets that they made in the years past and Web 3.0 and Metaverse and blockchain or whatever. And they're all switching to bets on AI and generative AI in particular, it's we don't have enough of those people available in the world, like much I, less, much yeah. less <laughs> like recruiting them is not going to be easy, period. I just saw this report. I, I, I can't even think of, of who it was from, but anyways, I just read this basically talking about the different salaries that AI engineers are starting to get and AI and stuff. It's freaking mega. So oh, the, yeah. question, the question is, are we going to hire up all these people again and then 100%, have a layoff? You know 100%. I mean? 100%. Yeah. This is what we do. And it's not just Silicon Valley. This is actually, we do this. It's all so emotional where it's like uh, a bit of FOMO. If, totally. If, That's if, exactly if, right. If, if we're Google, we're just going to go and gather all of them together. And we don't know exactly what we're going to do with them yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're going to have them just in case. But we don't want Facebook to have, or we don't want to you know, pick somebody else to have. <laughs> it's a pissy war, like all of it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. So a question, two questions. One, one is around, do you find some folks that you're interacting with on the, that they love talent that comes from, let's say Salesforce. It's a great example. Mm -hmm. So I love people that have been at Salesforce. Like just because they were successful at Salesforce doesn't necessarily mean they'll be successful elsewhere or pick Facebook. Doesn't really matter the, the idea. Do, but do they already come with a I the I like people from this firm or this industry? All the different biases. Yeah. 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 Pretty um, much. Yeah. I I would say if if I were to pick one one strong bias that everybody has, they definitely want like like early Uber, early LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. Stuff like that. But it doesn't seem to be like current companies anymore. Not like it used to be. Like I used to get asked all the time, oh my God, if you get Airbnb. And they wouldn't say early Airbnb. It was just Airbnb. Right. You know? But now I think companies are getting very specific early people from high profile companies is who they want. Is that is that because they understand scale? Exactly. They want yeah. to understand the growth and the scale problems. And how fast things change. Because those people, again... Just because they did it doesn't necessarily mean they want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, something that I've I learned in the last couple of years, like with the remote life, and I'll, I'll be very honest, I don't love it. <laughs> I could change that. You're kidding, life. really? I, I, I hate it. I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> I'm say <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go out on a limb. You remind me of a a woman in New York that owns a staffing firm, and she was going batshit crazy during COVID. 
because she's just like, I have to go to an office. I have to, I can't stay. And she's got an apartment in Manhattan. I'm like, uh -huh. dude, you're living a life. Like, you're, this is great. She's, no, this is not great. I hate this. I hate this. She's an extrovert. Most people that thrive in recruiting are extroverts. Yeah, I, I dig the energy. I did. Yeah. The, there's so many, like, you call them like water cooler conversations, but I get inspired from all over the place and it yeah. comes from people. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going from Zoom call to Zoom call, it's a little bit harder to do that. Turns out. Oh, it's exhausting. Like people will be like, hey, do you want to do a regular call? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Let's do that. You mean on a phone? Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's try that. Let's just, do you have a landline? Oh my God. That'd be great. Hey, yeah. I have a landline for my kids. I want you to know. <laughs> I do. Here in this part of the hidden museum is what we call a rotary phone. Yeah. <laughs> anyhow. Two things. One is uh, around knockout questions. What's your take on knockout questions? Uh, I don't mind them. Sometimes I feel like I don't move as fast. With with clients, do you do you have them, do you narrow, navigate them towards a place where there's, okay, what's something, it's a non-starter? Oh, I get what you're asking me. I thought you were going to give me like like fire questions. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, you're, you're good. <laughs> it's the firing round. All right, Brianna, go. They must have worked at NASA, like period in story. If they haven't worked at NASA, we can't, they just can't work here. Stuff like that. Like it's a true knockout. Oh, Okay. I like to, I take it a couple different ways. Like one, I say, Hey, who's your hit list? Like, where do you want right, people from? What right. we just talked about. And then I'll say, who do you not want people? Like, where do you not want people from? Like where every single time they've come in, you're like, Oh God, not these people. So I've actually had companies be very specific with this. Right. So if you remember like when Microsoft bought LinkedIn, it was like this big deal. And I think a lot of companies got super excited to grab people from there. And then all of a sudden it was like this one era of LinkedIn, like when they must have gone through a hyper growth stage where they got a little sloppy. Yeah. And so I started having companies literally list out no. years. Of yeah. not, don't get these years. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> from 2010 to 2015. Yeah. Nobody, they're just that. No, it's just hilarious. It's like, who comes up with this and how many people went wrong in order for this to, uh -huh. to uh, and who is running the ship? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like who's out there now with a book or a podcast or doing a bunch of successful stuff talking about an era that really was an abomination. That'd be <laughs> great to know. What do you think about diverse slates of candidates? And then past the theoretical, because again, you work in a hard area of the world, trying yeah. to find talent that's hard to find. Okay, check. And then getting it in front of people, et cetera. Like it, I could see it being really easy to put middle-aged pear-shaped white guys in front of most of your clients, maybe younger, right? So that'd be a little bit easier, but that's not what you want to do. That's not what we need you to do, et cetera. Like how hard is it to then... I got a slate of candidates. I got three. They're really good, but they're all the same. Yeah. Now I can put them in front of them or I can wait another two weeks or a week and I could probably have, I could have some diversity there. What's Yeah. So I send as I get them. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't like to send in batches. I like to have a lot of urgency there and I like to oh, just see cool. what, what I do when I do it. But with that said, yeah, the diverse side, I, I like to start, but when I do my search, I, I do them a few different ways. I like to tangent source, source a lot. And I like to make sure that once I find, let's just say, once I find this amazing woman candidate, that I do a tangent on this profile and find as many others just as wonderful as she is. And I do oh, that reach cool. out first. What's your, so, what technology, what's asking a recruiter what their favorite sourcing technology is dangerous on so many levels, but 
you've got a favorite for right now. So what's your favorite right now? Yeah. So I'm still an old school LinkedIn recruiter girl. Yep. I love that. I think there's just so many great ways to do that. But I will say that as far as pairing it with Covey, getcovey.com, Covey Scout is like bonkers. It's, it is AI and normally anything that messes with my sourcing, I'm like, get out of here. I can do this faster and better, but it's the brain of a recruiter. I'm doing a search right now where it asks you to put in all of the different categories, the different industries, company sizes, scale, for example, someone who's managed B2C companies, but please reject Google or Microsoft. You You can say that stuff to this bot instead of Googling it all and finding out different Boolean ways to do it. It's freaking cool. So that's my favorite. Right. I love that. I love that. I've always seen it being used a couple of times, but I love just the premise, by the way. I just love the premise of how it is. And again, LinkedIn Recruiter, everyone complains about LinkedIn Recruiter, especially on the corporate side. Yeah. They complain about LinkedIn Recruiter, yet everyone has licenses. I know. It's the craziest thing in the world to me. I'm like, if you complain about it, you should probably stop using it. I don't know. Just go throw it out there. That is funny. But I will say, I I know, I I hear people knock on it all the time. Always. God, it's good. (laughs) Especially for specific types of talent. If you're trying to get truckers in Arkansas, okay, maybe LinkedIn recruiter is not the way. Got it. Fair enough. But outside of that, and maybe even some of the nuanced talent that you go after, Maybe a Stack Overflow or GitHub or some other types of communities might be a better, but still, it, by and large, again, it's. I think it's super. I think it's more helpful than it gets credit. It gets. A I lot think so of- too. It it moves and grooves. And if I'm going to go off LinkedIn, like fully off LinkedIn, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but Better Leap is really cool. Yep. So, for example, if I want to get people off of Stack and and GitHub and stuff, like Better Leap sources off of it. It sources all over the place. Oh, that's cool. So that's really cool too. It's newer. So I want heavier search capabilities, but yeah, it's definitely cool to search off LinkedIn because you feel, I think you feel like justified. Oh, I really found this person. I don't think it matters where you find them. (laughs) No, not at all. That's the thing is no one really, they'll ask. Somebody will at one point care about source of hire, but by and large, most executives couldn't spell source of hire if you gave them the letters. (laughs) They don't give a thing. They don't care. They just want the person so that they can interview and then make sure they make a good hire. That's all they care. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned at the very beginning is sustainability because we don't talk about it enough. So what's your current what's your current take on sustainability in recruiting? Oh, I love this subject so much. Again, this goes back to the, the business. Like that you can't have sustainability if your recruiter or head of talent or whoever you have isn't at the seat at the table. Right. I don't think that they ask those hard questions. I think you really could build such a great forecast. You could talk about ROI of every single person that you have and how long it takes for them to ramp up. If you want to bring learning development to this, how much faster you could do things. I think everyone wants things done quickly. And then they're like, oh, wait, what about this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, what about this? And again, it goes back to what I said in the beginning, where it's like hiring more people doesn't mean you got the job done faster or better. That's right. It's it, well, When you're talking, it reminds me of IBM used to have this project management strategy where they would think about the product for a third of the product. So let's say it's a three-month product mm-hmm. project. For a third of that, for 30 days, they just think and plan. 
and make sure they really thought about all the things that are tied together and all that stuff. Then for a third of it, they'd they'd work the plan and go do the project. And then on the back third, they would revisit what they thought of and what they did and where they need to make changes in the future. Isn't it genius? Wait, why'd they get rid of it? You say they got rid of it? (laughs) I don't know if they got rid of it, but I just... I love the idea of you give yourself some time to think on the front end about what could happen, what needs to happen. And then you learn, which is the, the true learning, which again, in, in both HR and TA, we don't give ourselves enough time to learn. Yeah. Just in general, just hard stop. But even when it's about a, a particular search, like we go through it, we run through it fast, done, completion, and it's we're on to the next thing. It's pause and breathe. And then what did you learn? How could you institutionalize that 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 learning? And how could you share that with other people on your team, et cetera? So yeah. Brianna, I could talk to you all day. And I know. <laughs> left unchecked, I will, but you got like a job and stuff like that. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. I, I love the questions. I love where you're going. It's very thoughtful recruiting in TA. I like it. There you go. And thanks for again for coming on. And thanks for everyone listening. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.